welcome to the Hope and Coffee podcast, episode 10 of season 7. And today we start with a rather long reading, and it comes from Mark chapter 2, verse 23, through to Mark 3, verse 6. Mark chapter 2, verse 23, through to Mark chapter 3, verse 6. That's taken from the NIV translation. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some ears of corn. The Pharisee said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abithar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on a Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. During the course of the pandemic, many, including myself, have found it difficult to understand the rules. What is lawful and what is now against the law? In fact, it's fair to say it's been hard to know exactly what side of the law any given activity or action falls on. However, what we had to contend with and unravel pales when compared to the time Jesus spent here on earth. The thing about those times is that the religious leaders of the time were so afraid to break the rules, they became entrenched in rules, as they created more and more laws to ensure they would not break God's original commands. As my minister explains it, for example, say God's command is not to touch the altar. The leaders of the time say, in order to keep this command, it is now the law that you cannot come within three metres of the altar, therefore eliminating any chance you could touch it accidentally. But then one of the leaders decides that this rule isn't sufficient, so it's then decreed you cannot go within five metres of the altar, thus keeping you safer and unable to break God's command. However, someone decides this isn't enough, so the rule becomes to stay eight metres away from the altar. Except, at the heart of all this insanity, God's original command was simply, do not touch the altar, not stay away from it. And so it is, that the religious leaders of the time had created so many rules they were far away from God's original commands. 
Yet let's pause here for a moment to look at God's word. And let's look at Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. That's taken from the NIV translation. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. When we look at God's commands, what is it we think they are for? Are they rules laid out by an unfair God trying to contain us? To bind us rather than let us be free? I mean, if we look at what society tells us, then freedom means there are no rules for individuals. There's no right and wrong. Do whatever you like, as long as it harms nobody else. Again, as my minister says, it is summed up in the song Let It Go from the Disney film Frozen, when Elsa runs away and claims her isolation is true freedom, to be herself and explore her powers. Yet this is the great lie of the 21st century. Whilst it is true that having run away, Elsa is now free to do anything she likes, with no risk of hurting anyone else. She is now alone in isolation, far away from family, friends and community. And as we are aware from the Bible, we are built for community. Love your neighbour. So returning to God's commands, Paul says in Romans chapter 7 and verse 7, that if not for the law, he would not have known what it was to covet. Put simply, Paul is effectively saying that without the law, he would not know right from wrong. To put it another way, God is often referred to as our father. Now, as a parent, I want what's best for my daughter and want her to be safe. Therefore, I have rules I have set out in an attempt to guide her, to teach her right from wrong and keep her safe. Yet she can choose to follow the rules or to ignore them, much like we are free to obey or ignore God's commands. Or, like the religious leaders of Jesus' time, she could choose to create new rules to prevent herself breaking the original rule. But, of course, that's a far cry from what I wanted. However, let's pause here to look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, as taken from the NIV translation. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. Going back to what I was just saying about how my daughter interprets my rules, let's have an example similar to the one about the altar. I say to my daughter that the rule is not to touch the cooker top when it's on, so she doesn't burn herself. She then decides the new rule is to keep two metres from the cooker. Yet so fearful is she of breaking the original rule, she decides that maybe it's better to stay four metres away from the cooker. But again, fear kicks in, so she makes the new rule six metres. And before you know it, she's made the rule not to go in the kitchen at all when the cooker is on. Now, my original rule was quite simply, do not touch the cooker when it's on, as I want to protect her and stop her burning herself on the hot surface. It wasn't to make her afraid or to keep her out of the kitchen. 
it was just a rule to guide and protect. So returning to my question about God's commands and why they exist, they are not there to bind us or to take away our freedom, but to help us live truly free, guiding us, protecting us. I mean, can you imagine the anarchy in society if we could all live as we wanted, doing whatever we want, without rules, without restrictions, or the compass of the law? Murder, adultery, lying, cheating, theft, and so much more would be all around. We'd live in a world where we would be afraid to leave the house if we weren't one of the strong causing the fear. Which is the point Paul makes, and the point I'm making. Without the law, we would not understand right from wrong, and chaos would reign on the earth. So, as it says in 1 John chapter 5, God's commands are not burdensome. But, let's pause here again to look at God's word, and look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12, as taken from the NIV translation. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. I'm sure we all know the phrase, do unto others as you would want them to do to you, or to put it another way, treat others as you expect to be treated. I mean, if you're happy to be treated badly, then by all means treat others badly. However, if that's the case, it's fair to say that if others treat you badly, you have no right to complain. As Jesus puts it, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. We are all sinners, therefore we have no right to judge others if we feel we should be judging. But going back to the law and the great lie regarding freedom. Galatians 5 verse 14 says, For the law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. And that's why freedom is a lie if people believe it means no rules. For without rules we become isolated. It's all about the self, with no regards for others. Yet Jesus himself said that the greatest command was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. It's all about community. A community needs rules to survive. So as John says, God's commands aren't burdensome. They are in fact there to set us free. Much as a child needs rules to live by, or they would run riot and even become bored. So we need God's commands to live free. But where am I going with all this? And where does the title of today's episode, Lawbreakers, come into it? Before I answer that, let's return to scripture and look at Luke chapter 13, verse 14. Luke chapter 13, verse 14, as taken from the NIV translation. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leaders said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. This is now where things become slightly blurred and require clarification. There are God's laws and man's laws. Now I'm in no way saying we can ignore man's law, 
In fact, in John chapter 19, verse 11, it says, Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Even Jesus himself submitted to the law, despite how unjust it was, and knowing it would lead to his death. And Paul says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And yet again in Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, Jesus says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, when asked about the unfair taxes of the time. In other words, we are subject to the law of man when it is a governing body of a country. Where the grey area comes in is within the church, which is where Jesus challenged authority and man-made rules. Yet, in reality, Jesus never actually broke the laws of God, despite the arguments of the religious leaders. So, when challenged about healing on the Sabbath, Jesus responds, is it better to do good or evil? Is it better to save a life or kill? On another occasion, when accused of working on the Sabbath, having healed, Jesus responds by saying that had a cow fallen in a hole, would they not rescue it rather than say, I'll come back tomorrow? So what can we learn from Jesus about when to obey the law and when not to? Let's pause one last time to look at God's word and look at Acts chapter 5 verse 29. Acts chapter 5 verse 29 as taken from the NIV translation. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. Ultimately, our lesson comes from Peter and the apostles. When put on trial for breaking man's rule and preaching the good news, they respond, we must obey God rather than man. And we see Jesus do the same thing prior to this, as the persecution of the apostles is after the crucifixion. So if we return to our opening passage in Mark's Gospel, when challenged by the Pharisees about the lawfulness of picking corn ears, the accusation implying they were working, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord of even the Sabbath. Here we have Jesus and his disciples enjoying a walk in a cornfield on the Sabbath, enjoying fellowship and picking a little corn as they walked as I'm sure many of us would in a cornfield. And yet the Pharisees are upset. Why? It comes back to what I said at the start about being entrenched in their own rules, a million miles from God's commands. In the eyes of men, Jesus and his disciples had broken the rules, but they had broken the stupid rules of men, not the rules of God. Now, bear in mind these were rules of the religious leaders, not the governing body of the land. There is a difference. As I looked at, even Jesus submitted to governing authorities, yet he did not submit to religious law, but rather the laws of his father. So my final point for this episode is this. 
Don't be afraid to challenge religious law if it isn't in line with the law of God. But live free in God's law, keeping God's commands to the best of your ability, trusting that God wants what's best for you. Let us pray. Father God, just as I bring this episode of Hope and Coffee to a close, I want to thank you that your commands, your laws, are not there to frighten us, to contain us, to put us in a little box, but they are there so that we may live in true freedom, so we may know right from wrong, so we might be protected from that which may harm us. And Father God, I want to pray for myself and my brothers and sisters in Christ that when we are faced with man's law, when we are faced with religious rules that are not in line with your commands, not in line with your will, that like Jesus, we would not be afraid to challenge, to stand up and be counted, to say, actually, you know what? I've done nothing wrong. I'm obeying my Father in heaven. And Lord, I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.